Welcome to the family on the Tom Bernard Podcast with Packmaster Ralph Dwayne Basham, MD. Alex Bernard Rasmussen. Co-host, Catherine Brandt. Andy Brandt Bernard. And Officer Dave. We got Timmy Lammers. We got Handsome down at the border. We got Aaron O'Brien. And we're all up next with the family. Tommy, do you guys read a lot of poetry on the queue? You mean like, there once was a man from Nantucket? No, more like T.S. Eliot. April is the cruelest month, breeding lilacs out of the dead land, mixing memory and desire, stirring dull roots with spring rain. Dougie, what's wrong? You a little sad? No, other than the weather, nothing's wrong. In fact, in the Walzer world, Coon Rapids and Burnsville finished number one and two in the state of Minnesota. J-Lo finally beat Dan Resch. Wow, that's pretty cool. Is it okay if I take all the credit? Well, I'd expect nothing less. Actually, we've got great inventory of some great vehicles, and these short-term leases are perfect for people who can't get the brands that they want. You told me about those. You can drive a new Nissan for as little as 18 months, and by then the chips will be aplenty. That's it exactly. We hope by then you'll be a Walzer Nissan convert. For great deals from the Minnesota sales leaders, go to Burnsville or Coon Rapids Nissan. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who've been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there, in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know? And that's exactly my question is you have to understand who has the best, your best interest in mind, correct? Well, you want to know what your rights are. You know, whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not, that's a choice. It's a free consultation, and you want to understand what your, all your rights are and what coverages you have. And plus the fact, I hang out with you, so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if I'm hanging out with you. Uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Hey, folks, it's Brian Zepp, and spring is finally here. If you're like me, you're seriously ready for some wind therapy. Make sure you and your motorcycle are good to go with Dennis Kirk. Whatever you ride, Harley, Indian, metric cruiser, or sport bike, you'll find what you need at DennisKirk.com. 160,000 parts and accessories in stock, clothing and helmets, too. Order before 8 p.m., and they ship the same day. Plus, shipping is free for orders over 89 bucks. Follow Zepp's lead and head to DennisKirk.com. They ship today. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. Our special guest, Aaron O'Brien. Funny doesn't have to be foul. The case for clean comics. Aaron, uh, how are you today? I'm doing great, Tom. Thanks so much for having me. It's our pleasure to have you on. You know, it's really interesting because I, you know, I've been following comedy my whole life. Know a lot of comedians, done comedy, the whole deal. Uh, boy, it's got to be a tough job. And I talk to all the fellas and the women in the business because, man, you can't tell if they're going to laugh or try to hang you for telling a joke these days. So, um, but but your topic, uh, funny doesn't have to be foul. The case for clean comics. I got to be honest with you, Aaron. Um, the greatest comedians that I knew weren't foul at all. The Rodney Danger Rodney Dangerfield was never foul that I can remember. Do you remember him ever being foul, Aaron? You know, I wish I could say I do, but I'm probably too young for that. I'm only 23 years old. Oh, so you don't oh, even know who he is. <laughs> do you even know who Rodney Dangerfield is, Aaron? I do know the name. Okay, yes. okay. But the, Tell the, us about PewDiePie, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's exactly it. Is PewDiePie still around? Yeah, he's still doing stuff. Oh, I thought he got booted or, or something. There's been controversies. But that's uh, what I thought. So, Aaron, take over. I want to hear Funny Doesn't Have to Be Foul, the case for clean comics. I, I would agree with you, by the way. Uh, oh, yeah, you're a member of Magic Castle. I didn't. That, congratulations, Aaron. You're very young and a member of the uh, prestigious Magic Castle in Hollywood. Tip of the cap. Yeah, thank you very much. I became a member there when I was just 13 years old, so that was about 10 years ago. And I have since then continued to work in corporate entertainment as a comedian, magician, and event host, and then also doing some keynotes on a book that I just published. And we, we find that 
comedy doesn't have to be filthy to be funny. And we have found that that really sticks with our clients. We work primarily in the corporate space with companies of all different sizes um, and different um, backgrounds and degrees and things of that nature. But we have just found so much success that when clients hire us, they don't have to worry about, is it going to be clean? Is it going to be safe? Is it yeah. any of this? Um, comedians, like you were saying earlier, comedians have a rough time right now because anything you say can and will be used against you. Mm-hmm. And so we found that we don't even try to go on the border with any kind of comedy. We always want to be on the safe side. Our owner of our company, Adam Christine, <clears throat> Clean Comedians, he says, when in doubt, leave it out. And we believe that that is really important when we're working for our clients. Now, who inspired you, Aaron, as a 13-year-old kid? Did you have certain inspiration to get into the business? Yeah, when I was about 12 years old, so a year before I got into the Magic Castle, there was a gentleman named David, and I was at an event, and he did magic. And I remember watching that thinking, that's what I want to do with my life. And I remember coming back. My parents were not with me at this event. And I came home, and I said, hey, Mom and Dad, I want to be a magician and do comedy. And they somehow were extremely supportive of that and have continued to encourage my career throughout my life. Aaron, I need. Really, oh, go ahead, sir. Oh no, I was going to say it really, it really changed my life getting to watch that and be a part of the Magic Castle. At the Magic Castle, they have something called the Juniors Program. Oh. And that ages 13 to 20 years old, and we call it the Juilliard of Magic. Essentially, they take young magicians, help train them, work with them, not just on their magic, but also their personality, their humor, their business, all these kinds of things, and help you become a professional and. I owe a lot of my career to that. Aaron, I have to ask you a question. I really need your help with this because about 30 years ago, maybe even longer than that, Catherine, my lovely wife, and I were in, uh, God, I don't remember where we were. I think we were in Los Angeles, actually. And we are sitting at a, uh, at a restaurant, and the magician was walking from table to table, booth to booth. And while he was talking to us, he didn't notice that first, but while he was talking to us, he floated a cigarette from his left hand to his right hand and back to his left hand, and he did it right in front of my face, and I have no idea how the hell he did it, Aaron. I'm very upset. You know, Tom, I'm not sure. Uh, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm not sure that that's possible. That's, what it, that, I'm not, that, that's not really possible. He would, had some special skill. And Catherine, you remember that? Yeah, when I that, do. Cig- that cigarette like just thing. floated through the air to his left hand and then oh, back yeah. through the air over his right. And I'm like, I didn't see any wires. I didn't see any string. How do you, I mean, you don't have to reveal the trick, Aaron, but man, that's a, that, was, that was a very, very impressive trick. Psychokinesis. Fishing Psycho line. Kinesis, Fishing line. That's all I can think of. Do you know how to do that trick, Aaron? I, you don't need to tell me how to do it, but do you know how to do that trick? Yeah, I am familiar with that trick. I will say that trick is not being done a whole lot anymore based on our current world and how cigarettes are. Oh, being sure. Well, you could do it with a joint. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. Do it with a vape pen. A vape pen. There yeah. we go. <laughs> that's much more socially acceptable. Or, or you could do it with a chainsaw. Chainsaw. That would be good. That. I, uh, I got to be honest with you, Aaron. I think because, and again, I'm way, way uh, older than you are, Aaron, but watching the, the comedians and the magicians uh, on The Tonight Show, The Ed Sullivan Show, these great entertainment shows that were on, I, I always loved watching magic. I always loved watching comedy. And then when they, when they bring on the, the, the music acts, I loved that stuff back in the day. Do, do a lot of magicians get on television shows anymore? Because I don't, I don't see a lot of them on the Although I don't walk, watch the talk shows anymore, so I should throw that in, too. Yeah, there's not as many magicians on these TV shows. I would say the two biggest shows that magicians are currently being featured on uh, would be Ellen and Jimmy Fallon. There's a gentleman sure. named Dan White in New York who's done a ton of work. Um, he has his own show out there, and he's been on Jimmy Fallon several times, and he really has helped bring magic to a modern sense and helped... Um, to do that. David Blaine is on every now yeah, and again, yep. which is wonderful. He's done a lot for our community. In my opinion, David Blaine is one of the most um, brilliant magicians. And the reason for that is I think he took the idea of close-up magic, which used to just be something that magicians would practice and would do and would do in select environments. 
help to bring that outside of its normal environment and bring that to the world. And people then had this idea in their mind that, hey, we can hire a close-up magician to come entertain at our party or entertain at our corporate event. And I believe that he really helped change a massive genre in magic. Although he upset me because he's another one, threw a deck of cards at a window and the ace of hearts stuck to the other side of the window. It upset me, Aaron, because I don't know how to do it. <laughs> Those upset me too because I think I know how they're done and then sometimes I watch it and I go, man, I'm really not sure anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Those are, um, Aaron, magic is more amazing now than it's ever been. You guys are doing things I just didn't think were ever possible to do. It's amazing. Yeah, it really has changed a lot. Technology has played a massive role. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of new creations that have been done, but I believe that magic in itself, there's nothing really brand new that's coming about, but there's a lot of things that were taken from older books and DVDs, or uh, you may even remember VHSs, and people have really put a modern twist on it. Justin Willman is another great example of that. He has a mad... Uh, television show on netflix called magic for humans and he really has brought magic in a really great way in the last number of years you know you were talking about uh vhs and if i remember vhs yeah i think the last time just i had just gotten gotten off the stagecoach and gone into the uh, longhorn bar <laughs> <laughs> back in the old days aaron no it's it's <laughs> I, why is it, do you think, because I am, and I, my mother always thought that I loved magic so much because I grew up Catholic, and you know, there's that whole magic element of Catholicism, and I, I enjoyed the, my childhood, don't get me wrong, but I have always loved singing magic and, um, and comedy. I just, it's entertaining, it's interesting. Uh, you hear these jokes and might go, my God, what a brilliant joke that is. You see a trick, my God, what a brilliant trick that is. You go down the line... Talent on display has always been, I've always been attracted to that. Was that part of what you're all about too, Aaron? You just loved it so much as a kid? Yeah, absolutely. Growing yep. up, I yeah. just fell in love with magic from the very first moment that I saw it. I, I knew that that is something that I wanted to do. And as I continued to grow in my career, I learned that a lot of magic is the business side as well. It started off as just a passion, but... Uh, even in high school, I would be sitting in high school class. I went to a private school in California and, you know, everyone else would be doing their work and assignments. And I would say, hey, I got to go to the bathroom. And I'd walk outside and make business calls and sign contracts, be sending them to clients. And I was always an entrepreneur trying to promote my business and work on my business, any opportunity that I got. Same thing. I went to two years at community college and mm -hmm. everyone else was trying to figure out what they're doing. And meanwhile, I'm in the corner trying to sell clients on me hosting their events and me entertaining their audiences. And so I've always wanted to do magic, but I absolutely love the business side of it as well. So you do mentalism as well. Is that right, Aaron? Every now and again, yeah. <laughs> I love My wife that. doesn't think I'm that good at it, but... <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> yeah, mentalism is I... interesting. I think it's a really interesting dynamic. Mentalism is one of my favorite kinds sure. of magic. A lot of magicians say that you can't mix magic and mentalism together. And as a comedian and magician, my opinion is anything that I can do that entertains an audience is what I really want to do. Is I want to have fun with an audience. I want to get them laughing. I want to get them you know, praising people in their organization. We do a lot of customized material when we book an event with the client. We do a lot of pre-event work with them. We talk to them about, tell me about your company culture. Tell me about your key people. What are you celebrating for the year? And to me, that's a form of magic in itself where I get to really connect with an organization. And I absolutely love the businesses and the clients that we get to work with. Well, because you're getting them joy, you're making them laugh, you're entertaining, you're, they're, they're sitting in, look, I, uh, about, I guess, six months ago, something like that, uh, maybe it was a little longer than that, we had a magician on, and he said, Tom, I'm going to send you a deck of cards, and I want to do a trick with you. And I said, okay, that sounds good. So he sends a deck of cards like two weeks later. Is that, that's the yeah, deck that's right the there. Deck that's right the deck right, right, right there. I still have the deck right here in front of me. Mm -hmm. He sends me a deck of cards, and it's that standard, uh, 
you know, was a bicycle, bicycle cards, a bicycle yeah. cards, a standard cards. He said, take them out of the pack. I took them out of the pack. He said, look through them. Is it a standard deck of cards? And I said, yeah, it's a standard deck of cards. We've got the two jokers and the 52 other cards and blah, blah, blah. He says, okay, I want you to do me a favor. Uh, put them face down on the desktop. I did. And he goes, cut them anywhere you want. I don't care if you just cut the top card off, halfway down, all the way down. Cut it wherever you want. And I cut it. He said, don't look at it, though, yet. And I said, okay, I won't. And by the way, we have no cameras on in here. That wasn't the deal. I mean, you know, I, I even covered up the little deal on my, my laptop. You know, some people can look through that little lens there. Um, he said, okay, cut the cards wherever you want them. I cut the cards, and I didn't look at it. And he called the card. I turned around, and he, it was the card. And he had sent me the deck like two weeks earlier. I don't know how you do that trick, Aaron, but that was very, very impressive that he knew exactly the card that I was looking at after two weeks. No cameras, nothing like that. I, I don't know how you guys do those things, man. That's, that's amazing to me. I love that. And that makes me think of what we have been doing a lot the last several years. Yeah. We've been doing a lot of virtual magic mm-hmm. with a lot of companies. A lot of groups have said, hey, we can't meet in person or we're not willing right. to meet in person right now. And so we've had to really adapt what we do and our, our jokes, our magic, even our studio setup and make sure that we're able to connect with an audience through a webcam, which is one of the most challenging things I've ever had to do in my career. And But it's been a blast. We have absolutely loved every moment of that. We're still having some clients that are still doing virtual. We are seeing a big surge of in-person events right now, which is great to be back on the road and traveling again. and getting to see people's faces. We're very excited about that. Now tell me a bit about uh, uh, Funny Doesn't Have to Be Foul, the case for clean comics. And I understand that it's probably, Aaron, don't you think that a cleaner comic is going to be, uh, that's where we're kind of headed because right now, uh, we just got in a situation where Josh Donaldson was joking around with uh, Tim, what is his name, Tim Peterson, I think. Uh, They're friends. But Tim Peterson made a comment about six months ago that he considered himself to be like Jackie Robinson, right? Oh, yeah, that's right. I've heard about this. Yeah. So when he slid into, into the base, apparently Josh Donaldson tagged him out, said, nice play, Jackie. And the other baseball player got offended. They made a big deal. It became a national story. He called himself Jackie Robinson, and Josh Donaldson, as a joke, just said, Hey, good play, yeah. Jackie. The guy was making fun of him for referring to himself as Jackie Robinson. Right. <laughs> and, the, and the Jackie Which Robinson. Which is a pretty conceited thing to do. Well, exactly. But he got mad at Josh Donaldson for joking around with him. It's like, God. Well, that's baseball joking around. That's baseball. I know. Oh, God. Yeah, baseball's been a lot player. worse than that. So, what about that, Aaron? So, And I agree with you, by the way. I, I, I've never been a fan of filthy comics. They're, it's just not funny to me. Yeah, me either. Um, but totally clean comedy, as I said, Rodney Dangerfield was, I don't think I ever heard him say anything that was filthy or anything like that. He well, just, he did raunchy, you know, the, a college, little. the college humor, you know, that kind of I, thing. I, absolutely. Never, like, never profane. Yeah. No, he was never profane. That's exactly right. Aaron, who inspired you in comedy? Uh, were, there, were there some basically clean comics? Were you attracted to a certain kind of comic? Yeah, growing up, I was raised in a very religious, conservative household. And nice Catholic family, boy. Yeah, in my family. I'm a Notre Dame fan, so I guess that gets Oh, God. There Here, we go. Here we go. Notre Dame really isn't Catholic <laughs> anymore, but okay. I was raised on listening to Brian Regan. Oh, Brian sure. Brian Regan was Brilliant. one of my favorite comedians, still is. Uh, I love Jim Gaffigan. Oh, and so that's great how guy. I was raised on clean comedy. And yep. When I met the owner of Clean Comedians about five years ago at a magic convention, someone introduced us and said, hey, he owns Clean Comedians. And I said, tell me a little bit about that. And he said, well, our motto is we don't believe it has to be uh, filthy to be funny. And I said, man, I really think that's going to relate to people, especially with just how the world is so negative and how things have really changed and adapted. So I said, hey, I want to be a part of that. And I'm telling you, if you can work clean as a comedian and a magician and entertainer, that can make you so much more money. You can work with any crowd anywhere because people will hire you because they don't have to worry if you are going to be raunchy or if you're going to be inappropriate or any of those things. And so it's just a wonderful thing 
we we just love that our clients anytime they hire us they just feel such at ease knowing hey we don't have to worry about we don't have to stress about it and everyone on our team is really a big part of that one of the funniest things we have a sales manager at clean comedians and every now and again he'll throw in a swear word during one of our meetings and we all crack up that we work for clean comedians but we cuss at our meetings yeah um, <laughs> well, there you go it's not normally true but um it's just a it's a great thing and i really think that this is going to be the future of comedy and entertainment is being clean because people like you were talking about with the baseball player people will get offended at anything anything so we, yeah yeah we try to just be as careful as we possibly can now, I would like to, Andy, our son, is with us. I'd like to, uh, because you brought up Jim Gaffigan, who's one of the nicest guys in, in comedy, but Andy has a great Jim Gaffigan. First time he ever met uh, Jim Gaffigan. How old were you? Uh, God, I, 17, 18, something like yeah, that. Yeah, 17 or 18. Not very old. So Jim Gaffigan, we go see him, we go backstage to say hello, and Jim Gaffigan had something to give to Andy. What was that, Andy? It was a poster, signed poster. And what did it say on the signed poster, Andy? It said, congratulations for getting out of prison. <laughs> for the record, I was not in prison. I was never in prison. That, that, that happened later. <laughs> but see, that's the kind of guy he is, Aaron. He's never met Andy in his life. And he writes out, congratulations, getting out of prison. Just a nice man. He's a great guy. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah, I have found, too, that comedians who work clean there's another gentleman named nate bargazzi oh His sure father yep. is actually a very well-known magician and i found that clean comics are just really genuine kind down-to-earth yep. people and just a lot of fun to be around and to work with you know i, I didn't know this aaron uh and you're gonna have to do this as well i did not know this but 30 i've been on the same morning show for 37 years in town and I didn't know this, but we were the first morning show in the country to bring comedians on to talk in the morning show. Because, first of all, comedians didn't like to do it because it was, you know, cowbells and, uh, uh, and you know, silliness and all that. But we would bring in a comedian because Minneapolis-St. Paul is a great comedy market because of, you know, all the different venues we have in town. Uh, it's just, it, you know, Acme Comedy Company is legendary. And, of course, Rick Bronson's House of Comedy. And there are a bunch of venues um, around town. So we started bringing in comedians on Thursdays and Fridays. And I did not know that had never happened in radio before. I had no clue that that was. I, I just thought morning guys would bring bring comedians in. Kind of is a natural to me. And now, of course, we always do it, which is great. I love that. I think that that is so cool that you guys were the very first to be doing that. I think there's so much to be said about what laughter does for people. You know, yes. um, I think in the last, you know, three years, it's been hard on people no matter where you stand on anything. I think people have just had a rough time. And we have seen that now that we're doing in-person shows, people just want to laugh. Yes. We find that people just enjoy that release of all of the tension. They don't have to worry about work or life or any of those things for that hour or 45 minutes, whatever it is. People are just so excited to spend time with one another, laugh together, be amazed by magic, and just enjoy that time. It's such a wonderful gift that we are able to give others. Now, Aaron, when are you coming to town to do some shows, Buster? Man, I would love to come out there. I don't go to Minnesota very often. I've been in Florida quite a bit in the last month. I'd say probably 15 of the last 30 days I've been in Florida. I was just in Pocatello, Idaho, which Ooh, that's uh, close. has probably the world's smallest airport. They have one flight in and one flight out per day. That's all you need. Yeah, yeah I was like, I really hope they don't cancel my flight, because if not, I'm not leaving until the next day, which is crazy. Aaron, did you ever play the West Palm Beach uh, Improv? I did not, but I have been in, I was in West Palm Beach 10 of those 15 days, actually. Oh, where? At the, yeah, for corporate events at the O. Wonderful, wonderful place. I love Florida. Like yeah, the, oh, oh the, the hotel that used to be the Ritz-Carlton, I think. Oh, is that yep. right? Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, out there. Down on... by Manalapan. Manalapan. Yeah. yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's not, I didn't even know that changed. 
Yep. It's called the O now? Years. The O. <laughs> For years. Really? Well, well <laughs> yeah. I never, I didn't go down to Rich Carlton Rich Carl, yeah. all that much. We don't get out of our zip code too much. Yeah, I suppose that's, <laughs> that's true. Aaron, you've been a terrific guest. I appreciate your time. But you got to get, yeah, you got to come to town and come do the morning show, coming in in studio and do the podcast. We'd love to have you, pal. I would love to come out, Tom. Thanks so much for having me on the show. Really appreciate your time today. By the way, tell your parents they did a good job. I absolutely will. Thank right. you so much for having me. Can I tell you one more thing before you go? Please do. My, my brother-in-law, who's no longer with us, was half Irish and half Puerto Rican, and his name was Patrick O'Brien. <laughs> That's not a phenomenal name for a Puerto Rican kid. That is fantastic. I absolutely love it. <laughs> it really is. Thanks, Aaron. Thanks, Tom. Take care. Yeah. What a what a nice kid. See, that's how it I'd should say. be. That's how it should be. We'll take a break and be right back and wrap things up. Hopefully, Tim and uh, and the handsome one is still with us. Uh, Craig had to go. Craig did have to go. I yeah. about Some anyway, people have we'll to be, work. We'll be right back. <laughs> Tom here for Shift Real Estate. I met the folks from Shift Real Estate last year on our way to Key West and loved their story. Shift Real Estate saves home sellers thousands of dollars on real estate fees because they list for a flat fee of $5,000, and that includes photos, MLS listing, online marketing, and the assistance of a full-time realtor. Tell Shift about your home and they will tell you how you can save ten thousand dollars or more shift real estate the common sense way to sell your home visit shift to sell.com because life is expensive enough and we are back with stretches picks you know tom uh, there's a lot of analysis that goes into these picks yeah and uh, i highly recommend betting of course i always recommend betting yeah absolutely so who's winning this thing the kitties the pack the bears or the purple none of the above those are all the teams in the division i know that well who's your pick i'm going with saber plumbing heating and air conditioning what it's not a football team i know but it's a hell of an hbac company they do the most thorough system tune-up in the industry Sabre is one of the largest Bryant dealers in the state, which means you save. Yep, I'm going with Sabre, Sabre and Bryant, doing whatever it takes to keep you comfortable. It's also the smartest time to call and schedule your furnace tune-up with Sabre. Get the most thorough tune-up in the industry from the people who keep my home comfortable. Oh, uh, one more thing, Tom. What's that? Visit SabreHeating.com. Tom here for Continuum Weight and Well-Being. If you were like me and constantly finding yourself in weight loss mode, I have great news. Continuum is here. It's new and they're doing it differently. There are no meal replacements or foods you're required to purchase. They specialize in customizing meal plans for you using all whole nutritious foods. They don't just focus on weight loss. They're upfront with their pricing. And most importantly, Continuum is designed for long-term success. Schedule a free consultation. Find out more today. Simply go to their website, Continuum Weight weightwellbeing.com or call or text them at 952-491-6527 and catch the Continuum team on my podcast on Thursdays, 11.15 a.m. I've learned so much from them, and I know you will too. Continuum Weight and Wellbeing Life Beyond Weight Loss Mode. I like this. Mm -hmm. It works for me. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. Timmy Lammers still with us? Uh, yeah. Timmy! I am. It's an interesting interview. You know, it, it's funny. I, I was thinking about there are certain directors out there that after a while you, you, you come to realize that they don't use any swearing in their movies. Right. One of, Some, one of them is Christopher Nolan. Uh, Tim Burton generally doesn't either. I mean, and you almost wonder, yeah. is this by choice or is this by design? I mean, is it by choice or it's happenstance? You know, it is. Is do they find unconsciously, subconsciously? It's like, okay, we want to avoid that kind of stuff because obviously you can tell good stories without having to throw an f bomb in there. Yeah, I, th- I think that's absolutely true. Um, I think, don't you think just some people get lazy after a while and I don't. Well, know. certainly with with stand up comedy, you know, it's getting to the point where okay, let's see how we can shock somebody. You know, that, and, 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 and probably the easiest way out is just getting really raunchy, you know? Yeah. You know, it, it, it's just, again, it, it, there's always this argument of something is so, you know, too gratuitous. Well, does it work within the context of the story? That's the question they need to ask themselves. Sometimes 
filmmakers will put a, an F-bomb or two or some crude remark in there so they can go from a PG to a PG-13 yep. because there's this connotation with a PG film that it's milk toast, you know, it's mm-hmm. it's just dull, boring or whatever, and, and PG-13 suggests that it has more of an edge. Yeah, I, yeah that's exactly yeah, it. Yeah, there's a... Uh phrase in the video game community so there's a rating system a lot like the movies there's um e for everyone which is pg and then there's t for teen which is like pg-13 and then there's m which is like the r and people say it's rated m for money because (laughs) that's what everyone wants is the mature cool edgy adult games they don't want you know baby games and movies are the exact same way they want you know they want to feel like they're cool and edgy when they're watching these movies. I like the yeah. baby games. <clears throat> Honestly, I <laughs> yeah. gravitate more toward those myself. Pong, rated M. Exactly. <laughs> That's the ticket. We make some pretty se- severe mo- modifications to Pong to get. <laughs> yeah, well, I, re- I remember taking you guys to movies and sometimes thinking that the PG ones were or maybe PG thirteen were raunchier than ours. Um, sometimes. Don't you remember my? Uh, well then. Beetlejuice story. Oh, you went, Oh yeah. That yeah. Movie is. Yeah. That's not an R. Nineties. PG. That's yeah. PG. PG no. is written. Yep. I wow. looked up the rating before I let her watch it on the airplane. Okay. Yeah, and it was PG. That's insane. And Which now movie? Beetlejuice. Oh, that's not PG. She wanted to watch it, and I haven't watched it in like 20 years. And so. Oh, I already. Yeah, okay. why are you giving me things? I, I thought didn't. it was for you. I didn't. <laughs> this, anyway. Um, yeah, and she was like, I want to watch Beetlejuice because she loves like spooky things and stuff and so i was like what's this rated i don't even remember much about this and it was pg and hmm. now well, it would be pg th- he says the f word yeah, he, does. he, he does, really? grabs his crotch they talk about suicide I, boy, I gotta, yeah I gotta, here i was saying that tim burton kept the stuff clean i gotta no. watch that again um you know the movie that changed it all though a little bit of trivia what is the the last pg what was the straw that broke the camel's back the movie um, I won't for take what? too much time. For 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 where they instituted the PG thirteen rating. Oh. After that. oh, I don't know. It was it was Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Really? Because that movie, while there huh. isn't swearing, there it's obviously sacrifices. I mean, it is a frightening movie. I Beetlejuice is uh, worse, I think. Than Temple of Doom. Because Temple of Doom has the one heart-grabbing scene. And that's, like, basically the most shocking thing in the entire movie. Whereas Beetlejuice has all sorts... I mean, the very concept of Beetlejuice, if you think about it, is that he's trying to marry a, what, like, 14-year-old girl? What? Yeah. He's trying to marry Rowan Ryder, who's, like, a child. Yeah. Yeah. That's the... What? I know. I completely <laughs> forgot. And Fawn's young enough that it all went over that her head. That wouldn't even, yeah, like, she wouldn't pretty even Pretty much, notice. she just, she thought, because she wanted to show me this part. She's like, oh, you have to watch this. It's so funny. Because she was on the airplane listening on her headphones. And yeah, he, like, is, he's shrunken down to something. And pardon my language, but he goes, nice fucking model. Like, because oh. he's in this thing. And yep. he grabs his crotch and, like, thrusts his pelvis yep. forward. And then they God. go into dinner. And then they're talking about how this woman killed herself oh, and all this stuff. Not, and she's like, she's like, it's not yet. It's not yet. And, and then PG all of a sudden, 13. PG. PG. P- uh, yep. okay. yeah. And all of a sudden they start, they all start singing Deo. And she, that was the part that she was uh, like, course, you yeah. need to see this. The rest but, she probably just ignored. Exactly. It was well, like, it yeah. I, you know, I think we've become conditioned to it. Now I'm looking on a Reddit uh, deal and they said the F-bomb has dropped once in the movie. Yeah. But so, now, if an f bombs dropped once, it's PG-13. Yep. They're allowed one. Yep. If it's two more than one, it's R. Yeah, PG-13, yeah. to avoid an R, you can't have more than two. Yep. Uh, it all depends on the context. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, even yeah. Tom was watching some cartoons with Fawn the other day, and I walked down there, and I was like, what the hell is this? I mean, even Mickey Mouse. They've got, like, these acid trip Mickey Mouse. The new Mickey the, Mouse the new is Mickey weird is, as hell. I'm like, what is going on here? It's, and I it's Ren and Stimpy is what it is. I don't know how many. That's what I say, too. <laughs> yep. And I don't know how many times I have to tell you that I don't want the kids watching that because I've caught you showing them, like, five times, and I'm well, like, Well, it's Dad, on Disney+. Plus. I'll do what I want. Yeah. But it's like. If on Disney Plus, you would think that well, like, they wouldn't have like weird acid trip, you yeah. know. And Goofy looks like he's wasted, completely yeah. wasted, and it's like a weird, scraggly they don't call beard. Him goofy for nothing. Yeah. I don't know. I don't it's know why exactly. they changed, why they changed it, children's entertainment to be having to be so edgy. Do kids really care about things being edgy? Uh, no, it goes over no. their heads for sure. Fawn's going to be walking Disney around Plus dropping is the in F-bomb. a dilemma yeah. now because <laughs> obviously the Disney brand, by and large, has been a clean brand. Yeah. But they did also buy Fox, so all of a sudden you have some harder-edged stuff in their library that they want to show on their streaming service. So now they have some sort of. You have to, I think automatically that kind of content is blocked and you have to consent to play the edgier Mm. PG-13 or R-rated content on the streaming service. So it is available. Uh, But yeah, I mean, when you're a conglomerate like that and you buy up these legendary properties, naturally you're going to run into situations where um, the stuff is going to be harder edged. Now, again, that, that whole Mickey Mouse thing, that's, crazy i yeah, never I, heard of like who like made these new yeah. weird mickey yeah it is like right yeah, that's what i yeah, said you too. just can't let your kids watch mickey mouse and think oh it's going to be you know oh that's terrible well, steam boat willie man go all the way back to steamboat willie yeah. and start all over again. <laughs> there you go uh i mean they've been doing that kind of getting stuff past the radar thing for a long time though i mean i've told you about the looking for fingerprints joke from animaniacs right mm-hmm. yeah what? you're not familiar with it I remember I watched um, Animaniacs. So Yakko and Dot are looking for fingerprints because they're looking for a like you know clues for something. I don't yeah. really remember what it is. So uh, Dot says, "Look, Yakko, I found Prince," and she's holding Prince, the singer. Oh yeah. And Yakko <laughs> says, "No fingerprints," and she says, "No thanks." Oh my word! <laughs> yeah. yeah. And this was on television. Wait a minute. Run that by me again. What? She she was holding Prince, the singer. Okay. And Yakko says, no fingerprints. And she says, no thanks. Oh, God. Yep. That's a very famous joke among, uh, yeah, people what? who grew up in that era. Because they're like, I did not notice that when I was a kid. But no. Well, it's an extremely no raunchy yeah. joke. Yeah. But, yeah, they've been doing that for ages. Like, I mean, I brought up Ren and Stimpy. I think so. Well, that, that, go, that goes all the way. The, the, the writers are always trying to get past yes, they the are. censors. Yep. And, that, mm-hmm. and that was all in uh, Leave it to Beaver. Don't be so hard on the beeve. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you know, well, so that was all part of that. Well, actually, yeah, another right. one, uh, The Simpsons, were talking about Disney and Fox. Uh, an extremely famous joke on the Internet that they told that some, I don't know how the censors didn't catch this. But there's a building called Sneed's Seed and Feed, and yeah. under it it says, formerly Chuck's. So think about it. Sneed's Seed and Feed, Chuck's. I don't get it. You don't, don't get it? Either. Anybody? Well, let's see. If it rhymes with <laughs> Chuck and it starts with S and F, what would those oh, words be? Oh, and Heimer. You got suck. Yeah. Oh. And then you got another word in yeah. there. Oh. Mm-hmm. That's terrible. See, I got, yeah, got right past the censors. Yeah. Well, well, the, you know, it's right it's an head. inside thing amongst ma- animators where it's not, a, you can't see it with the, the naked eye, but animators generally will throw something untoward, a frame in their face. Uh, a tween frame will be in there. That, yeah. It's like yeah. an inside joke between yep. them where once in a while you could probably find a video on YouTube where they point out all these instances. There's one I remember in Who Framed Roger Rabbit, which I don't want to you know, talk about or describe because it's disgusting, but they do that. Because again, it's kind of like, well, nobody's going to catch it anyway. Well, now with you know technology, you can freeze frame and yeah. get something in a millisecond, and all of a sudden, oh, that's pretty bad. Well, in the original, I think it was, the, it was either the rescuers or the rescuers down under. There's a scene uh, where... For about two frames, maybe, 
there's a picture of a topless woman in the background. Mm-hmm. And if you freeze frame it, it's very obviously there. And it was there for the theatrical release. No one noticed it because someone inserted it there as a joke just before it went to, you know, print. Um, but, yeah, that, I mean, that was, God, 40 years ago at this point, I think. Huh. And, it, yeah, some guy just thought it would be funny to put a topless woman in a child's movie that, I mean, you'd never notice. It's you, just hilarious. Even if you're looking for it, you wouldn't notice it. You have to freeze frame it. Well, but, it's a child's yeah. movie. The kids don't. absolutely don't care. They're probably, some of those kids are probably still getting a bite to eat. Oh, oh yeah. The same yeah, place. That's no, true. But, yeah, for some reason, yeah, having to put adult stuff in child's stuff seems to be like a point of pride for a lot of animators and yeah, writers yeah. and that kind of thing. It's kind of boring over Disney. Over at the animation studio. Oh, I'm sure. Just nothing oh, God, to do ever. the same frame, but like with one limb moved Computers by do half it all an now. inch. They don't well, now they do, yes. But back then, but it was all hand-drawn. Yeah. Every single frame of animation you saw was hand-drawn on a different piece of plastic. You put the piece of plastic down, you take a picture of it. Yep. You put the next piece of plastic down, you take a picture of it. It's one of the most mind-numbing things I can imagine. Animated cells. Yep, those animation mm-hmm. cells, yep. The only thing worse, I think, would be stop motion. Yeah, that would be, I don't even know how anyone stands it. Well, there are certain, there are certain, certain jobs that THC helps with. You know, we might put that right on the list of the THC mm-hmm. jobs. Oh, Tiger Carver, yeah, it was The Rescuers, the first one. So there you go. He knew what I was talking about. See? Of course he would. No. Of course he does. He's got kids. <laughs> so, Timmy, um, since we got Ralphie here and we got Officer Dave here, I just want to briefly talk about streaming because uh, when Timmy's on, we've talked about this before, television is the best it's ever been. I mean, television's never been this well, By good. television, you mean... Streaming. Streaming content, yeah. yeah. Streaming content. Because of streaming content. there You don't have enough hours in the day to watch all the really good shows on streaming. It's amazing. No, no you don't. And, and here's the difference between streaming and television, where broadcasting, I think, went wrong. Now, I understand it because they're, they're married to advertisers, right? Mm-hmm. But if a show doesn't perform, how many times in the fall season a show would come about and it'd be canceled in a week. Mm-hmm. You know, they never gave a show an opportunity to breathe. And maybe, you know, look, that not every show is a hit out of the gate. Seinfeld certainly wasn't a hit out of the gate, right? No, the first I mean, couple so, episodes of Seinfeld were awful. Terrible. Right, that first right, season right. was terrible. So mm-hmm. now you got streaming, at least, you know, they're going to, a lot of the services will drop all eight, nine, ten episodes or whatever at once, 13 yep. episodes. Um, I, I can't, are shows canceled on streaming? Yes. But after they might run a season, they'll give it, at least they'll yes. give them a chance yep. to find an audience because broadcast apparently again, and it's because of their, their arrangements, they never had that opportunity to build audiences, whereas streaming does. And, you know, as you're discovering, you know, some, some episodes are weaker than others. You know, uh, some shows like Seinfeld might start slow or terrible, mm-hmm. but they eventually do find an audience. Why are they bringing so, Hellstrom back? Damn it. I love that show. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think just because of all the opportunities, you, if you get stars that, you know, um, are in these shows, they get another opportunity. Yeah. Because there's how yeah. many thousands of stream, <laughs> not that many, but there's a lot of major streaming services that has the opportunity to produce a lot of content. Now, I was on the, I mean, I've been doing this a long time, obviously, and I remember the first time somebody offered me an interview for a streaming show. I thought, really? This is, and it was for a Hulu show. This is where it's going. I remember that, too, and it just seems so weird to me. Yeah, I know. It's like, is anybody ever going to see this? And then before you know it, House of Cards, I think, is really the show that busted things wide Mm -hmm. open. Yeah. Well, you might know this. Um, Do they do pilots still for streaming services? Oh, sure, sure. Okay, so they still do that whole system. Yeah, hold on a second. Tim got a call. Why don't you pay your phone bill? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, they do do pilots, and pilots are sold. You know, they'll be presented to a network. The thing about pilots now is that people's hopes aren't hinging on 
the big four or whatever right. anymore. The, you know, now if they're rejected, they'll be brought to a streamer. That's true. Yeah. Know, or hopefully. there's a million platforms. Or now they might go to the streamers first. Well, that's true too. I mean, because they know they're going to get a bigger audience or maybe even a bigger payday out of it. Um, but it's really rare. I mean, Netflix, you think that they actually bankroll and produce their own stuff. They do to an extent, but a lot of it is picking up, you know, it'll be produced through an independent production mm -hmm. company or whatever, and then they'll buy it. It's a platform more than a production company. Yeah, I, I really, yes. Yeah, some of this is, is kind of a reflection. The, the consumer wanted to be able to buy, only purchase from the cable what they wanted. Yeah. They wanted selective uh, subscriptions. And what what you're seeing with some of these shows that are being rolled out, those people are developing an audience for the same reason, or that show will develop an audience for the same reason. These people want to see just that, and it just happens to be a unique thing that really stimulates them and that they enjoy. And there's an audience out there for almost anything. And it doesn't take much of an audience, considering how low the viewership of regular network TV is now, to work and fly. Well, another thing to consider with the people, you know, pitching to streaming services at least at first they found a lot more creative freedom and a lot less red tape with the streamers as opposed to a broadcast network because a broadcast network you got to remember is uh they, they're beholden to the fcc yep. still streamers aren't i don't think right right so you know you always had that to contend with but you also again um it's just a creative freedom that they're allowed now whether they're still allowed that or not i don't know i hope that they are because again, Tom, I think it results in when you don't have those restrictions, then you can do what you really want to do, yeah, and, and that is true. people respond to that. No, you're absolutely right. I, I just, um, I think TV. I, I, there's so many things to watch now. Like Catherine's got me going. What's it? Something about Pat? Is that the name? The thing about the Pat. thing about Pam. 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 Something. Pam. There's something about Pat. Yeah. Something about Pat. The sequel. That thing about the Pam. <laughs> whatever the hell it is, that's all I know. But we, yeah. we have we have series I haven't even started yet because there's so much to watch. It's incredible. Jeez, I don't get this many phone calls in a week, Tim. No, You're very popular. Him. Just a popular guy. You should pay your bills for Christ. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> I think what's more likely is it's that they've my been... my mother-in-law who likes to call all oh, the time. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought they were trying to contact you about your car's extended warranty. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> really trying to get you. You know, whatever happened to the do not call list? It doesn't yeah, do it anything doesn't, doesn't, at all. It doesn't do a thing. So I mean, I'm not going to put my mother-in-law on it, but, you know. <laughs> no, believe me, the do not call has zero impact on anything. Because, because these they, callers, what they do is they just base out of a different country where they're not beholden to our laws. But they also spoof... Phone numbers. And yeah. Oh, God, they yep. sure do. They yep. sure do. Have you ever gotten a call from yourself? I've gotten Timothy Lammers ringing in. Uh-huh. Mm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Seems like a flaw in and their same design. Same number, everything. Yeah. It's the call is nuts. coming from inside the house? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Inside Maybe my mind? <laughs> well, I hear bells all the time, but it's different. Boy, i got to throw this at you guys because I think it's an update. I don't think we talked about this yet, but you talked about that, that uh, fight that uh, Brandon Langley got in with the, uh, mm -hmm. the gate attendant. They talked about the gate attendant been fired. Well, now Brandon Langley's been arrested. Well, well yeah. yeah, I'm sure. You can't just go beating people up in airports. Well, you so can't. One guy's been clearly. fired, one yeah, guy's been arrested. Should so be. that, yeah, should they be. should be. Yeah. That's yeah. right. You don't it act like that. Seems like there's something wrong there. I don't know. It's just amazing. I just think the, the airport guy is trying to promote his MMA career. <laughs> yeah, right. so. He looked a little hefty, hefty for the MMA, though. In the but he was sparring, baby. He, he was. was. Like, no, he was sparring. This. That's true. He was. Little guy was holding his own. Hey, yeah, self-defense, man. Mm -hmm. I think you should be able to fight back when someone whacks you. Yeah, probably true. It's mm -hmm. probably true. Um, Timmy, I know you only got about two more minutes. I don't even know if you know about this. This just popped up on my screen. Apparently, Woody Harrelson's movie got an eight-minute standing ovation at Cannes. The you Triangle know, the of Sadness. The Cannes oh. Film Festival, everybody gets a standing <laughs> ovation. Yeah, everybody's they, they have the, loaded. It must be a French thing because it's like, yeah. this got a six-minute, this yeah. got an eight-minute, da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Mm -hmm. And uh, Tom Cruise deservedly so, got a six-minute standing ovation right. uh, when he brought Top Gun there. 
But yeah, no, 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 no. This whole standing ovation thing with Ken, I don't pay too mm-hmm. much attention. And sometimes to it. maybe they're just happy the movie's over. Yeah, really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe what's that? that, that uh, homeowners be. becoming their parents, where the, oh, yeah. oh, they're God, in the movie so theater and the gal funny. starts clapping, guys. Just, None of the people that made the movie are here. Yeah. <laughs> that is a good well, having said that, I really do like Woody Harrelson, and I hope it's a good movie. Yeah. So, you know, who see, who, we'll, we'll see. I don't know anything about it. I just know he has one there. With a name so, like yeah. The Triangle of Sadness, which sounds like a parody of... It's a satire, yeah. Oh, it oh. is. Okay, good. Yes, it's I was trying to say, it's one of the schmaltziest <laughs> names I have ever of, heard for of a movie. all time, yes. Yeah. No, it's a satire. So <laughs> okay, I guys. like Woody Harrelson, though, so hopefully it'll, it'll work out. Schmaltz. No schmaltz. The no Triangle of Sadness review, the most disgusting film of 2022. Is that what yeah. it says? That's what BBC says. Yikes. What? Disgusting. Why is it disgusting? Let's see here. Uh, it'll be a bit. Tim, sing a oh, song it's for anti, us. <laughs> it's anti-billionaire, so the BBC, of course, is very upset about that. Oh, the anti-billionaire. You can't have that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, there's another one called Crimes of the Future with uh, Viggo Mortensen. Oh, right. And uh, David Cronenberg directed it. And I guess it's very graphic and disgusting, like in terms of horror um, that people are getting up and walking out. So, you know, it's it seems to be, again, the shock thing, right? It's going to be what gets attention and what sells, I guess. I imagine so. Yeah, I don't know what it is with Woody's picture, but, you know, I'm sure I'll see it at some point. Again, the interesting thing about Cannes is is that basically they go there to sell their films. And sometimes the films aren't complete. It's not about gathering for premieres and all that. It's a buyer's market there. It's studios and whatever. It's a gathering to uh, market and hopefully sell their product, whatever they're selling. Timmy, another brilliant performance on a Tuesday, man. Well, thank you very much, uh, Top Gun Maverick. I'll be talking about that on the morning show. On Thursday. And, uh, on Thursday. And uh, everybody have a great week. And Tommy will talk Thursday morning. Sounds good. Thank you, Timmy. All right. See ya. Thanks, Officer Dave. Thanks, Ralphie. Oh, thanks. you're welcome. No, good thanks to be for here. having me. It was fun. Ralphie, me boy. All right. We'll talk to you tomorrow with the family.